So um, in chapter 27, uh, well, I really, on the greater picture, uh, Moses, uh, in a matter of days, is uh, going to go up into the mountain and pass away. And uh, so he's in the process of uh, handing the mantle over uh, from his leadership uh, to what is going to be Joshua's uh, leadership as they enter into the promised land. And he's uh, reiterating uh, to the nation of Israel the law. He's going through step by step in explanation. Uh, you know, we've taken months to work through this. He does this all in one jaunt and gives them a full understanding of the law. They've heard it, they've known it, uh, but it's been through their parents and through the previous generation. And now it's becoming theirs. And they're going to have to live by it. They're going to not only be under its rule and regulation, but they're also going to receive its blessing and its promise and what the Lord is bestowing upon them. So here, uh, in, in the previous chapter, 27, uh, he had ha you know, commanded them that when they crossed over, they were to build uh, that very simple altar and that they were to whitewash it and that they were to write the law upon it to fix their minds upon what the Lord was requiring of them. And then uh, in 28, it says, now it came to pass, uh, nor, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations on, you know, me, of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. There are a couple of things uh, to examine uh, within this. Uh, this is conditional promises. There are unconditional promises in the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, where the Lord gives his proclamation and then he carries it out. These are conditional promises uh, that are all premised with if. If you'll do these things, then this will be the outcome. Uh, our culture uh, today, uh, there are a number of applications in this uh, chapter, but our, our culture uh, today uh, has lost sight of the Christian foundations of this nation. And, uh, you know, I, I understand that, um, you know, this nation was formed in such a way that it allowed for freedom of religion, uh, but it was under the idea that they were constructing it for the purpose of worshiping Jesus Christ. Um, you know, the questions that come up about that, people want to say, oh, well, founding fathers were, you know, not necessarily Christian, that they were deists. Um, there were a couple where I, I might have that discussion with you. I, I would argue against it, but it's, it is possible in a couple of cases. Most of the cases, not at all. Uh, read their prayer journals, hear their commentary upon the word of God, understand when they're talking about God and lordship that they give definition to those things as being Jesus Christ. Okay, so, you know, those men who were framing this up for us were building it from a lot of these premise. And in particular, this chapter is very significant in what the Lord is saying. George Washington even laid his hand upon these passages as he took his oath of office, understanding that what the Lord is promising to the nation of Israel isn't singularly focused upon them. This is a spiritual law, okay? Um, Understanding that God created everything, there are what we call physical laws, right? Gravity is a physical law, and there's a great deal of discussion I'd like to have about what is gravity. But we'll just stick with gravity is uh, a law of nature. Even uh, the laws governing aerodynamics, when you defy gravity and you fly, you're actually working within the laws of gravity. Aerodynamics are working with gravity to allow flight. These laws are set in place, right? You know, the foil of the wing, the air passing more rapidly over the top than it is the bottom, creating lift, the whole thing, you know, it works within the, 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 the scientific natural laws of the world. 
With that, there are spiritual laws. And sometimes people don't realize that. There are spiritual laws. Uh, these conditional outlines that the Lord puts down here, right? He says, if, if you'll do these things, these will be the outcome. If you do not do these things, then these will be the repercussions. And we'll go through these things. Today, right, our culture has moved away from that Judeo-Christian ethic foundation, and our culture has been permeated by many cultures of the world, particularly the Eastern cultures and Eastern mysticism. And with that, the idea of karma and reincarnation has really permeated our culture. And you'll hear people say, oh, instant karma, right? <clears throat> no, no, no. Understand, that's a law written and designed by God, much like gravity. It's called sowing and reaping. Okay, you know, you, you, you're going to experience what you put out. Live by the sword, die by the sword, right? You're an aggressive person, expect people to be aggressive back to you. There, there are natural laws in, in the world and, and, and scientific laws and spiritual laws. And this is what the Lord is laying out here. You know, these are conditional promises, some of which he's directly involved in, others of which he's indirectly involved in. He set the law in place, and they're going to experience it. So, also, uh, this discussion, he's saying, if you'll obey these things, if you'll seek to obey these things, I'll set you high above all nations on the earth. Start there with this nation, America, and the place that God elevated us Okay, and as we read through this, understand the plummet, the wings have come off, okay, and, and the nosedive has ensued, and where we are right now, if you're horrified by it, and you're looking around and saying, we got to turn the ship around, we got to make changes, understand that without total repentance, and a return to worshiping Jesus Christ as intended by the Lord right here. Forget the founding fathers. Unless we return to worshiping the Lord as intended by the Lord, written right here, there is no hope for us. There is no hope for us. We, 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 we are going to crash and burn. Where we are right now and how bad things are right now, there's much of People say, we've hit rock bottom. <clears throat> I don't know about you. People said that I was a drug addict and alcoholic years ago, and they're just, I'm waiting for him to hit rock bottom. Rock bottom? I'd find bottom and, like, dig out the dynamite. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can go deeper than this. This nation can go farther down than we currently are. It really can. And the direction that we're headed right now, uh, we'll read and see what the Lord has to say here. Verse 3, chapter 28. Blessed shall be your be. I don't know what it is. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and the kneading bowl. Blessed shall be, uh, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be. When you go out, right? Uh, in the city, in the country, blessings everywhere, right? <clears throat> How many of you guys grew up as a kid where you could go miles from your house without any concern, right? Just whatever, you know? You didn't even really have to tell your parents. You could just walk out the door and go and do whatever, right? Just, the windows were down in the car and the car keys were in the ignition and, like, they just stayed there. You didn't have to lose them. They're just always in the ignition. Yeah. It, nothing, nothing went, you know, just leave things unlocked. Don't worry about anything. And in our lifetime, that has just come to the place where in the most remote locations, you got to be very concerned about what's going on around you and, and have your head on a swivel and pay attention. Uh, to who or what might be in your circumstances. You know, the crime that's happening in the remote locations around us here in Maine is crazy. It's crazy where we've come to 
in such a short period of time. Okay, There was a time where we were blessed in the country, in the cities, everywhere that we went. Bless you, you be when you come in. Bless shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you, to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The dispersion of those who would come against Israel, those who would come against uh, any nation that worshipped the Lord in the way that he would contend with them and deal with them and provide safety. Uh, verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The storehouses, the places of uh, food, wh where our food came from. I don't know if you're aware uh, if you've done much study in it, you know, uh, my health food friends have you know, been preaching this for many years. I, my mother was a, a granola in, you know, the early 70s when it was barely popular to do so. Just, you know, all these different things we hear about, you know, the deterioration of our food source. At the end of World War II, we had come out of the Depression and gone through World War II, and there was an industrialization of the food source that uh, began, where the industrial food companies, uh, not only were they trying to create methods by which they could keep food on the shelves for massive periods of time. We're not talking days. We're not even talking weeks, we're not even talking months, years. Can you put a product on the shelf and have it be purchasable for long periods of time? Okay. The second thing that they did with the food source was they did massive studies. This is 45 to 49 by 52. They were well into the market and really putting it to work in our culture. They they researched, and this will be, it's conspiracy theory level stuff. They researched how to make us addicted to food. Okay? So, so take the normal food, the bread that you could buy, you know. That was all, you know, harvested wheat and ground and produced locally. And, you know, everything was, you, you got your meat from a butcher who got it from a farm and, you know, everything was very localized that way. The industrialization of the food, they literally looked, and what did they come up with? Two things. You're, you're familiar with it, how much you've studied. I don't know. Uh, corn and sugar, okay? And, and you need to get corn and sugar into everything, okay? Salt also works very well. That's part of the natural craving of the body and if you can create that then it creates the desire for drink and you know you can do it. so it isn't it isn't again it's not just it's not just conspiracy theory stuff you can find the studies they did and the way they designed the food so that we were wanting it and consuming it what used to be the storehouse you know the farm and the production and the way you would receive Food fresh from the land. That, that's what the Lord is saying about it was a continuous flow, right? From his hand, from his production, from his fruitfulness, from his goodness. And, and it's been corrupted by the greed that's involved with our entire food source now. So, so the health consequences and everything else that our culture is experiencing right this is just a snowball effect you're right you know our grandparents used to just eat and blah 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 right you know like it's exactly correct that is exactly how things used to be and we've changed every aspect of it this nation has forsaken god and it has moved into a place where we are experiencing the rot the decay the deterioration of Every single thing. I, I've made note of this. You'll begin to make note of this now. Um, <clears throat> farms, like 
How many of you guys remember Maine when there was a farm like every five feet, right? Be, be it a cow, there were cow farms and chicken farms everywhere. What are they today? Golf courses and storage facilities, right? We're entertaining ourselves and we are storing everything that we own, right? We just we that the the whole prosperity of our culture, right? We are still prosperous, and we're just storing our junk. You know, right? You don't have to raise your hand. <clears throat> Do you have a storage unit or a place where there are items in there you have not seen in three years? Right? You know what I'm saying? That's just it's weird. It's weird. I'm not talking to you, Lori. I wasn't. I did not say your <laughs> her eyebrows are like. My wife, my wife is back there like, don't even tread on that. You know, it's like, I'm not like that. I just bought a storage unit and put it right in my yard. So anyway. <clears throat> Pay once. You have to when you have... Tw I won't even get into that. that, that. Fo foibles, right? No big deal. So, so within this, the, the deterioration, the storehouses would be blessed. And then verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments, you see in all the ifs, so you, are you tracking with the ifs? If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth, shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Think about Rahab once the nation of Israel comes into uh, the promised land, and they are about to conquer Jericho. And she says, man, 40 years ago, when you guys left out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea, we were all scared out of our boots. And you've just spent like, 38 plus years wandering around dying in the wilderness. We were waiting for the day you were going to show up and conquer us. The fear of God's people, the respect, the reverence, the, the literal fear of God's people was in their hearts and in their minds. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. Again, the fruit of your body, right? Uh, children, families. Uh, you guys that have been here for a long time know where I'm headed with this, right? We are constantly conditioned by our culture to think that there is a world population problem, okay? <clears throat> There's not enough land. There's not enough people. There's too many people. are all trying to live. Well, I'll listen, right? If, if, if you're thinking like, I can't listen to this guy for one more second. Hear what I'm about to say right here. You can still take the entire population of planet Earth and put everyone inside the state of Texas. And everyone will have 1,268 square feet of their own. We're not overpopulated. There are three locations where too many people live on planet Earth. Hong Kong, Los Angeles, New York. That's it, right? You've driven through the Midwest, right? You know, how many hours of corn just drives, you know what I'm saying? It's like crazy, distant. No one's there at all. We don't have a population problem. We do have a management problem, and that isn't the government's fault. It's us. We all got to live right within four feet of someone else. And have two and a half cars, you know, for everybody that's living there. We do create some problems for ourselves. God says, I'll bless the fruit of your land. My seventh grade teacher, Mr. Fitzpatrick, had 14 siblings. All from the same mother. 15 children. Right? Big farm. Everybody worked. No chaos. There wasn't any. No. Things were good. Everybody was taken care of. 15 kids. Imagine that. Today, if you've, if you've got three kids, they're like, oh, good for you. If you've got four, you're like, oh, so you're like thinking about slowing down, you know what I'm saying? If you've got five or six, they're like, whoa, what happened there? Uh, if, if you're not aware, there's this thing called birth control, you know, I just, that's, the, that's the, the thought of our culture, right? The Lord, right? How about this? How about this, right? 
the shift of our culture and the way things are moving away. And, uh, you know, some people say this is a racist remark. It's not. Okay. I'll qualify it in just a moment here. <clears throat> For any nation to remain the same as its population, uh, every couple must have 2.1 children. Okay. You have to calculate the, the death rate into that. So every 10th family has to have three kids. So 2.1 per every family, just to stay the same, right? If you want to increase, then you have to have above that, right? No nation that has ever sunk to 1.8 has ever recovered from that. It's possible to, mathematically, but once you reach 1.8, right, because of the death rate that continues and the decline, then the nation has a really hard time re-increasing its populace and increasing and becoming a thriving nation again. 2.1 is necessary. 1.8, no nation has ever recovered from. 1.6 is impossible to recover from. If you drop to 1.6 the attrition rate of death will overwhelm you in less than 10 years and you'll become another culture is what will happen. Okay, well, well here's, here's a thought. Uh, immigration right now, legal and illegal immigration flowing into this nation, those families are uh, having a birth rate. Uh, well, it depends on which populace you're talking about, but in general, 5.4 per family. The immigrants coming into this nation are having 5.4 children per family. We're in the process of replacing the populace of this nation presently. So, so the people that are here that have the American mindset to, and, and I, I just want to be clear, uh, not about like corruption and greed and all this. I'm talking about like that might have the sense of Christianity and these morals that we're talking about here, we are in the process of being replaced. You say, how long we got? We got less than 15 years right now. <clears throat> in fact, the, the rate of immigration and repopulation and family growth that's happening in less than 20 years, this will be a Muslim nation. Not possibly. It's not headed that direction. I'm not hinting to it will be. A Muslim nation. You say, no way. Look at England. Look at Germany. Look at all the countries of Europe. Okay. Where we are right now requires repentance. Requires that this, uh, you know, that we as a people share our faith with the world, that we would see uh, the Lord bless them. So he'll bless the fruit of your body, the increase of your livestock, the produce of your ground, the land of which the Lord swore to give your fathers the lord will open to you his good treasures the heavens to give the rain to the land in its season and to bless all the work of your land you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow can you hear that right i'll bless you in such a way the rain was he's saying this to an agrarian society okay the crops are what they're making all of their money from. So, so they, they hear rain and they think prosperity. Okay? So, so however that applies to us, if we as a people are cooperative with the Lord, he'll open the windows of heaven and bless us. And we will experience uh, what the Lord uh, desires. So he'll open the treasuries and he'll bless us. He'll, he'll lend and not borrow. The Lord will make you head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left, so after uh, to go after other gods to serve them. Um, you know, I talk about politics um, because people say I'm not into politics. You know, as a Christian, I, I'm not into that. I, I've, teens will say that to me sometimes. They'll, they, they'll say, like, I'm not really into politics. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, not into that. I'll, teens will say, I'll say, well, are you aware? 
that the government <clears throat> right now in the state of Maine is about to change the legal driving age uh, from 15 to 21. Are you aware of that? Well, it's not true, but every single one of you right now just went, what? The government does things that affect us very dramatically. And when you put it out there in such a way that it touches something that affects a person, they wake right up and go, hey, hey, hey what are you talking about? Okay, Barack Obama wrote a book, uh, Dreams from My Father. Okay, now, I don't know if you've read it. It's not Dreams of My Father, right? Like, I enjoyed my dad, and these are nostalgic things, and these are wonderful, lovely things, and my dad, and dad is awesome. No, no, no. The, the book was written from his father's perspective in that his father was Kenyan. This is significant to what we're saying here. Follow me for just a minute. His father was Kenyan, and part of the rebellion, armed rebellion, against the colonialization by Great Britain of Kenya. Okay, so so you got to understand, Kenya is one of the most stable African countries that there is, and that's because they are prominently Christian. the The, the president uh, will insist that it is a Christian nation, even to this day. They embrace and allow Christianity, and uh, they've been very prosperous because of their embracing God's word and only allowing that. Well, uh, Barack Obama's whole family is Islamic. He and his cousins, his cousins were actively involved in the militia warfare to try and overthrow the democratically elected government of Kenya. So when Barack Obama takes office, he has a goal to get rid of the Western influence that is in America, Christianity within America. And he makes a very bold move. Great Britain had a bust, the head, a bronze statue of Winston Churchill made for America. And it was to honor uh, Winston and what he was and what he did and our cooperation. They made it for us. And they sent it to us. And we received it. And, and it was uh, addressed to us in such a way to proclaim our cooperation with them and freeing the world from tyranny. And, and the fact that uh, there was a great uh, blessing and prosperity between us as nations, and, and here's your gift. Barack Obama took office, boxed, I'm not making this up, boxed that up and sent it back to England. Dreams from my father. Get rid of England. Get rid of Britain out of Kenya. Get rid of, get rid of uh, Great Britain out of the Oval Office. Remove the bust. Get rid of it. Have, have you seen, the whole time he was in office, have you seen uh, right now, President Biden, the bust that's in the office? John F. Kennedy. Right? Very liberal Democrat. They're, they're actively, all through Barack Obama's administration, and now Joe Biden, having served with him, under him, has the same mentality to Get rid of Christianity. Barack Obama was the one that declared, this is no longer a Christian nation. And you know what? Listen, I have to agree with him. I mean, we're Christians and we're in this nation and we have the opportunity and the influence, but as, as a whole, like, look around. Those days are gone. It's over. There's, there's a possibility that the Lord can rescue us, but, but our leadership has been actively in the process of getting rid of 
the Christian history. Uh, so, the, you know, this whole thing of I'm not into politics. I'll say again, right? Revolutionary War. Uh, I, I recommend it to you if you forgot last week. A Vision That Changed a Nation was the book that I recommended. Uh, it is the biography of uh, William Tennant, the preacher that trained the preachers who preached to the men who rose up and rebelled against England and created this nation. Okay, so w William Tennant is largely responsible for all of us sitting here today. Okay, a vision that changed a nation. Um, you know, the when when the Revolutionary War was over and we had won and we had our independence, the uh, leadership of the British government and the military said we would have won that Revolutionary War if it had not been for the black-robed regiment. And when they gave explanation later to that, they, they simply made that statement. Later, they, were, they said they were referring to the preachers in their black robes, standing in the pulpit, inspiring the people to, to fight for freedom, to fight for independence. Politics are our faith. Our faith is politics. I understand politics can corrupt Christianity. I, I get that. I understand that, right? But if we do not take our Christianity and purify the politics, then there is no hope. And it has to be that this message goes all the way into the White House, that this message goes all the way into the State House, that this message goes all the way into City Hall. If this message isn't in those locations, you guys, then that's why everything deteriorates. I, I, again, I'm on this kick. You know, people say, oh, separation of church and state. One more time, okay? That was Thomas Jefferson that, that coined that phrase. And he was writing uh, to the Danbury Baptists because they had written to him and said, look, you're forming this new government. Is this government just going to trample on our freedoms the same way, same way that the tyrant in England did? Are we just creating the same thing all over again? He wrote them a response that said he agreed with their ministers who had preached a sermon known as the Garden of God, where the sermon describes the church as a garden that God, excuse me, that God has built, and he has put a great wall of separation around the garden to keep the state out of the church. But when the church falls into sin from time to time, God will tear down the wall and allow the influences of the state into the church in order that the church would repent. And when the, the church repents, then God will restore the great wall of separation. The, the wall of separation isn't to say that the, you know, the church should not be involved in the government. It's to say that the government should not be involved in the church. We need to be there. We have to. Jesus said you're the salt and the light. You, you need to be salt and light. You need to go get actively involved in these things and share with the world the faith that we live by. If we do not, this is the end result. By and large, that's why we're at where we're at, is Christianity has folded its hands and been content to sit in the churches and sing its hymns and not be involved. That's why the corruption has taken over the way that it has. So, stay the course, follow the commandments, don't turn to the left or to the right. Verse 15, but it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall be your city. Cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be the basket and the kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall be uh, shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. So you guys, 
it isn't it isn't so much the fault of greedy capitalist organizations as it is people have stopped believing we've abandoned the faith and that has allowed the deterioration of these things verse 20 the lord will send you or send on you cursing confusion and rebuke in all that i set uh, all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me the lord will make the plague cling to you until it has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, you know, withering away, with fever, with inflammation, and severe burning fever, with the sword, war, with scorching, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish, and your, and your heavens, which are over your head, shall be bronze, meaning they won't give you rain. It'll just be like solid and the earth which is under your feet be like iron you know you won't be able to till it it'll be so dry the lord will change the rain of your land to powder and to dust from the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed you know i hear a lot of christians arguing against global climate change right <clears throat> i don't know if global climate change is going on or not right i have not tracked historically for thousands of years you know all these different temperatures and different things that they're talking about uh, what i can tell you is according to this if global climate change is happening it is not because of your suburban it is because of your sin the lord is removing his blessing and the pain is coming you know, the things that are going on, you know, you, you want to you invest in combating it? Invest in churches. Put prayer back in the public school. Put the Bible back in public school. Here, I'm dating some of us. How many of you guys grew up where every single day in public school you started with prayer and reading the Bible? Public school? Gone, right? Gone. Started in public school. Every day, start every single day by praying and reading the word of God in public school. Abandon that, right? I say again, right? Remove prayer, remove the Bible from public school. In 10 years, 500% increase in violent crime. 1963 to 1973, there's a five. And everybody's standing around going, what happened? You took the moral compass out of the training ground. You no longer had the authority of God's word in the key location. You know why we did that? Because in the 40s, the American Teachers Association, God bless them, uh, were looking at the world statistics of education and saying, who is the most successful? And they found that the Eastern Bloc nations, the communist nations, were the most successful. In education. Now, here's a few problems. <clears throat> the Eastern Bloc communist nations didn't educate everybody, did they? No, they determined whether you were worthy of education, and if you weren't, they got rid of you, right? You went into the workforce. They just trained you vocationally. So they only kept the ones that were successful. So then amongst them, they then organized of, you're not being as successful as we want you to be, so we're only going to educate you in this path. And you are excelling in all areas, so we're going to give you the advanced courses. So, so they were able to say in the end, all of our student body is doing amazing. Why? Because these were not challenging at all. These ones who excel, we're giving them every single resource we can, and we've removed the others. We don't examine that. We bring their model to the U.S. And, and some of you experience this. Okay, how many of you guys write in half print and half cursive? Right? How many of you guys are right? So you were educated, right, in the 70s into the 80s. Right? 
because because it always was, you only teach cursive, only teach cursive as handwriting. Why? Because you know how to print. How do you know how to print? Because you read it all day. You don't need to teach a child how to print. You need to teach them how to read print, but as far as write. And then that does what? That engages the opposite side of their brain, right? Not just that, you know, legalistic, probably the artistic side of their brain gets engaged even in the writing process, okay? So, so we do this, and we bring into America, and we say, now we're going to model after the Eastern communist school system. And, and we start failing. Why? Because we're not a communist nation. How did we educate previous to that? Previous to that, you go way back, the one thing we did was with the New England primer, or you might say primer, right? And that was just Bible lessons. That was Bible lessons continuously. That's how we taught children to read. That's how we taught them how to write. We were very, very successful. Why? Because the word of God was central. And what we were doing, we listen to the education system in the 40s. We kick out God, you know, or we remove that whole process and we adopt the communist approach. And then by the 60s, we kick God out and the Bible out. And here we sit today uh, with a whole bunch of students that are basically inmates. That, that's what we're doing right now. And that's why we have to remove all. You know what? No more failing. No more passing. Everybody's just present. You know what I'm saying? If you succeed, great. If you don't, no big deal. Just everybody gets a diploma. Every everybody gets a trophy. Is where we're at because we've abandoned God in the process. The whole system is deteriorating around us because of the abandonment of God. It's really, really unfortunate to see what we're doing. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. You shall become troublesome to all kingdoms of the earth. This is more focused on the nation of Israel, obviously, but it's, again, I, I, I started out by saying there are spiritual laws. Your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. No one shall frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with the tumors of with the scab, with the itch. Sounds pleasant, huh? From which you cannot be healed. Disease. As a result. No, no, it's actually, you know, because of vaccines. No, no, it's actually because of food source. No, no, it's actually because of, you know, autism is on the increase because of, no, this is because of that. No, it's because we've abandoned God. You can find all of these connections Otherwise, sure, fine. But the root of the thing is we're no longer worshiping the God that made us great. Make America great again? That's going to happen inside the church. If the church will repent and the church will worship Jesus Christ. That's where it happens. Is if we as a people. Now here's the beautiful thing, right? Because this promise doesn't go away for any one individual that will obey it. If the nation goes down the tubes, you and I can be part of the remnant. We can experience all of this in our own personal lives, in our own personal families. You can experience the great reward. You may have to watch as the world falls apart right outside your window. But we can experience the great blessing of the Lord. It's an unfortunate thing. You're going to experience all of these that came upon the people of Egypt. The Lord shall strike you with boils of Egypt, the tumors, the scab, the itch, from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. You shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in the darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually. No one shall save you. You know, as people come to me and they're saying, I just watching the news, I can't believe it. It just looks like they're insane. Did you see what just happened in Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah, they're insane. Right, you're right. That's crazy. That's uh, The things that are going on are absolutely crazy. Can't they see? No. No, they're mad. They're, they've been struck. 
with madness, struck with blindness. They cannot see these things. It's astonishing to hear. You know, I mean, you're aware, right, that everything is costing you so much more right now. I mean, if you're not paying attention, things are going through the roof right now. But that's because that's happening because we're so prosperous. Things are so good. Things are so good. That's why that's happening. And you're left going, it's not so good in my pocketbook. It's not so good to my paycheck. It's not so, and for, you know, from my calculations, it's not so good at all. And we're supposed to just sit back and go, no, it's wonderful. Madness is what we're seeing all around us. You shall betroth the wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You're going to get engaged. Someone's going to steal her. You're going to build a house. You're not going to be able to live there. You shall plant a vineyard, but shall not gather its grapes. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from you and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies. You shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and daughters shall be given to another people. Your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long, and there shall be no strength in your hand. Listen, we've seen some of these things already transpire. And what was just transpired is actually beginning to happen. As children are being pulled away from their families. Uh, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, you know, government education system, if you haven't noticed. Um, <clears throat> they're making statements, their words about your children do not belong to you. I beg your pardon? They are wards of the state. We have more authority over them than you do as parents. And if you say, that's it, we're homeschooling, guess what? They still legally have that authority in your home. No? Take them to the doctor. Right? That doctor has legal right to pull them in, shut the door, have private conversation with them about their sexual desires, their sexual activity, provide them with birth control. They can have vaccination without you present. They can have abortions without you present. The state has already put in place laws that make our own children more theirs than they are ours. And if you were to end up in a conflict with the state over them, you will lose without God's intervention. Without God's intervention. Right? God has the capability to kill Goliath. So don't ever back down. Point being, we're already creeping into these other areas. We're already seeing these things coming within our own lives. So this whole thing, you know, we're going to long for them, your sheep, your daughters, you know, the taken away a nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and produce of your labor. You shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. So you shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. The Lord will strike you in the knees and in the legs and severe boils which cannot be healed and from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. Sickness and illness. The Lord will bring you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your father or your fathers have known. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone, and you shall become an astonishment, a proverb and a byword among the nations where the Lord will drive you. Uh, the nation of Israel literally became a curse word. You know, people would spit out the term Jew as though it was some vile thing to be said. Uh, we 
traveled uh, through Europe and down into Hungary with a group of teens uh, from this church um, 2017. And it was interesting how many locations uh, we ended up in where people had a great disposition towards American. As soon as they found out you were American, they were opposed to you. It's already that same thing. You should carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in. For the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with oil, for your olives shall drop off, and you shall beget sons and daughters, but you shall they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. Locusts shall consume all the trees and produce of your land. The produce that's being mentioned over and over again, I just, uh, studying this, uh, something stood out to me. Um, uh, how many of you guys, surely you've noticed the great popularity of avocados. Like, like I, I'm pretty sure I didn't know what an avocado was until I was 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just like, avocados were unheard of and now it's like if you don't have avocado in your coffee like something's wrong with you you know what i'm saying like avocado is everywhere right <clears throat> i don't know if you've seen the documentary that has been developed about how that's actually crime lords who are enslaving people and the even the popularity of avocado and the push on americans to purchase avocados and be obsessed with avocados is actually like there's and there there are literally multiple avocado cartels. I'm not I'm not making that up. Okay, and you're like my avocado toast, dude. I can't believe. Yeah, yeah. Even something as simple as that is corrupt in our nation. You 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 know you're what you're seeing. The Lord describe here. I mean, you're, you're literally going to be like, how does this apply? How in the world could it be that people being enslaved and murdered over avocados? Only in America, apparently. Corruption and rot and decay and deterioration. It's going to touch everything. Why? Because we don't worship God. The alien, meaning the foreigner, who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you. You know, they can vote in New York, right? Illegal aliens can vote in New York State now. Imagine what that's going to do. Imagine, no? No, imagine, who are they going to vote for? The people who best benefit them. You know, people go, oh, is it racist? It's not racist. This is insane what we're doing. Not, not listen. Okay, let's, let's flip that around. To them. Because they're not coming here and they're not receiving the same blessing and the benefit that we are. We are enslaving them. They're being brought here to work as cheap labor under the table. No insurance. What happens if they break their leg? No one takes care of them. Not like they take care of you. Not like the laws require them to take care of you. They're an illegal. This is abuse, what we are doing. It's, it's absolutely outrageous. They are. They're going to gain greater and greater status amongst us. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And, you shall, and they shall be upon you as a sign and a wonder and on your descendants. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Wow. I mean, please make a t-shirt or a bumper sticker of that. That is a message this nation needs to hear. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you. You know, like the Taliban. In hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle's wing. Now, or as swift, swift as the eagle's fly. 
that is, in fact, a reference to Rome and how Rome was going to come against the nation of Israel, a nation whose language you shall not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which does not respect the elder nor uh, favor the young. And they shall eat the increase of your livestock and the produce of your land until you are destroyed. They shall not leave your grain nor new wine or the increase of your cattle or the offspring of your flocks until they have destroyed you. I need you to stay with me. I know there's a fair amount more here to go, but I'm going to breeze through it and I want to get to a couple points because they are very critical for us to understand. So stay with me. They shall besiege you at all your gates until your, until your high and fortified walls in which you trust shall come down throughout all your land. So build the wall. Go right ahead. doesn't really matter. They shall besiege you at your gates throughout all the land of which the Lord has given you. You shall eat the fruit of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and the desperate straits in which your enemies shall distress you. Literal cannibalism of their own children. Listen, the nation of Israel went through this. Second Kings, they literally were eating their own children. Horrific. There is some cause to think that when Rome came against them in 70 AD, there, that similar things happened there again. The slaughter was so great inside the city, according to Flavius Josephus, that the blood flowed through the streets like rivulets into the homes and extinguished fires inside their cooking places. Because of the rebellion against God, they came to a murderous, treacherous end. It's unthinkable what this leads to, right? You can see where we've deteriorated to. I say again, people go, well, reach rock bottom. There's further to go. There's much worse if there is not repentance in our land. It's a horrifying thought uh, to consider. The sensitive and very refined man among you will be hostile toward his brother, toward the wife of his bosom, and toward the rest of his children whom he leaves behind so that he will not give any of them the flesh of his children whom he will eat, because he has nothing left in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates. Surely, I mean, if this gets this bad, you know, there are dignified individuals who would never behave in such a, you know, barbaric way. Lord is saying, no, no, the finest among you will become cannibalistic to the degree that they will be murderous towards their own family who tries to take any of that from them. Uh, sickening to think of. The tender and delicate woman among you with whom, uh, who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her delicateness and sensitivity will refuse to the husband of her bosom and to her son and to her daughter, the placenta which comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for lack of everything in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemies shall distress you at all your gates. Horrifying. But right, if we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. This has happened not just to the nation of Israel. We can look back through history and understand, right? <clears throat> if someone is saying to you, right, you want to go to Portland? You leave here, you drive down Route 1, you get on 395, you cross over to 95, you head south, you're going to come down a ways, you'll see Herman, you know, there'll be Dice Hearts, you go, uh, you know, a bit further, there'll be Newport, you go a little bit further, you're going to see Waterville, you know, you're going to pass through Augusta, you're going you're gonna to go all the way, and like, describe to you, right? And if you follow those directions and you're passing Newport and you're thinking like, I am headed to Portland. I am on the right road. These things are being described to us. Do you understand how many of the signposts have already gone by? And when this is telling us 
that besieged destruction and cannibalism lie ahead? Wake up. The nation needs to wake up. 58. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sickness. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and you they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. So, you know, new diseases that may get created and, you know, launched on may show up and stay and linger and destroy economies and health. And, you know, consider you shall be left, right? Because even if it's not written in the book, Right? You know the plagues of Egypt, you know the plagues of the land, you know the itch, you know the scab, but you know even the ones that maybe you've never heard of before, that let's say don't exist yet. They'll come upon you. You shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven in multitude, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good. Now, see, you got to understand this, right? The whole point is there's good. He wants to give us good. It, it isn't a matter of, uh, if you do this, I'm going to punch you right in the face. <laughs> right? It's a matter of, if you do this, you're going to punch yourself right in the face. I'm trying to keep you from the bad. I'm trying to, I'm trying to confine you inside the good. Oh, God, he's so restrictive. Right? He says, I can't have sex outside marriage. He says, I can't get drunk. He says, I can't. Yeah, he says, don't damage yourself. Keep yourself inside the blessing. Stay inside the good. Stop rebelling against me. Do what I'm telling you to do and experience. Right? Isn't that the way it is with kids? You can say, look, you do your chores, give you this ice cream. Right? And they go do all their chores. Ice cream. Short term. Right? How many times do you have to tell them not to do the bad? Right? It's like, how many times have I told you don't do this? It results in the same thing every single time. Why? Right? This is human nature. God is just trying to confine us inside the good. If you just stay, I'll be able to bless you in the process. But if you do not, you know, it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you. And bring you to nothing. You shall be plucked from off the land which you go to possess. Then the Lord will scatter you among all peoples. From one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods. Which neither you nor your fathers know. Wood and stone. And among those nations you shall find no rest. Nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, oh, that it were evening. And at evening you shall say, oh, that it were morning. Because of the fear which terrifies your heart and because of the sight which your eyes see. The Lord will take you back to Egypt in ships, by the way of which I said to you, you shall never see it again. And there you shall be offered for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. Verse 68, that last one, took place more than 3,000 years later. God writes this, and more than 3,000 years later, under the Roman general Titus, when according to Josephus, multitudes of Jews were transported in ships, according to them, to the land of the Nile and were sold as slaves. God will accomplish what he says 
in his word. We need to stay on the side of the blessing. Amen. Where he says, cooperate with me and experience my blessing. you got to know, again, spiritual law. <clears throat> Just like gravity. Right? New Testament tells us God will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, that is what you're going to reap. You plant corn, don't expect watermelon. It's not coming. You plant Brussels sprouts, right? Do not expect something enjoyable. You're going to get, or maybe you enjoy it. Brussels sprouts. You're going to get what you've planted, right? So to the Spirit, so to the Lord, right? Very simple, really. It's really very simple. Get your Bible out, open it up, start reading. Every single day, start your day in the Word. Pray. Let the Lord fill your heart. Be in fellowship with the body of Christ. Learn the songs. Learn the psalms. Sing to him. Let your heart be filled with the joy of a relationship with the one who created you. And even if the world falls apart around us, we get to personally experience the blessing of our relationship with the Lord. Let him stay your heart upon him. He is our great reward. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and we'll pray. <clears throat> thank you for your patience. Father, I thank you again <clears throat> for the encouragement and the warning. Help us to be men and women that are surrendered to you to see your will being done in our lives, Lord. We long to see your blessing. Help us to be obedient that we could avoid the cursing. Lord, we want to not only see these things in our lives, but in the lives of the people around us. We don't want to see our children suffer. We don't want to see children suffer. Even the children of strangers Help us to be a blessing. Help us to be the fulfillment of your desire for goodness in this country and in the world around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.